Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I am Neil Meyer of the Front Office News. I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. But before we get started, um, I think we need to say RIP to one of the Bearcat greats, Fritz Meyer. I don't know how well you guys knew him, but he was a great, genuine guy that just loved UC Athletics, played for the Bearcats. Um, So this podcast is dedicated to Fritz Meyer. Uh, May rest in peace. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 9-2 and two after defeating Merrimick 65-49. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Uh, man, so that performance was... That summed it up right there. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those games. And If you watch the game, you'll understand what I'm saying. Positive is they kept them under 50 points. Negative is they had 18 turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, Another positive is of the 18 turnovers, only um, Day Day and um, Jizzle only had two of the turnovers, one apiece. So that's a positive. Your point guards only have two turnovers amongst the chaos. And then another positive, I thought they attacked the glass very well as Jamil Reynolds. He was a little off on offense, but he still had 11 uh, game high or team high, 11 rebounds. Uh. It was like, I don't know, I think they shot it solid. I feel like at the end, they shot, ended up shooting it pretty decent from three. Um, but I guess that 1-3-1 that one, one was just giving them fits. It's just one of those things that I feel like teams are going to put on tape of teams that pr- not press them, but actually zone them. Mm-hmm. And until they figure it out, I think it's going to be something they see a lot. So I, I do think I'm happy about how the defense looked, though, because that's, that's something they can they – can, um, grab and hopefully build from because they're going to have to play a lot of defense, especially coming into Big 12. Yeah, and you know, JT, I think uh, you summed up some of my feelings, which I'll get into in a second because obviously Neil's going to go next. But yeah. when you kind of were like, eh, that's, yeah. that's kind of that's uh, a feeling I have. Neil, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overall, JT touches on the Merrimack defense. It was a 1-3-1 zone, and it was a unique 1-3-1 zone. So it kind of felt like it was like, a 1-3-1, one, one, but it was also kind of more like a 2-3 kind of way, just with how Joe Gallo set that thing up. But it was an effect, it's an effective defense. It's been one that's been able to cause teams to really turn the ball over quite frequently uh, throughout this season so far of their non-conference slate. The Bearcats did turn the ball over 18 times, but 11 of those came in the first half. So I thought they really handled the zone well there in the second half. But obviously, this game was a little bit closer than a lot of people anticipated. But they were without Aziz Bandego and C.J. Frederick, who Coach Miller said had a back injury for Aziz Bandego. It wasn't structural damage. It was muscular. And C.J. Frederick just kind of pulled his hamstring early in the Dayton game. But he said on his radio show tonight that both of them are doing better and their status for tomorrow is still in the air. But hearing that is positive news on the aspect of things. But overall, you could see that their presence was missed with Aziz Bandego and C.J. Frederick. But 
what really stood out to me was Jamil Reynolds. And obviously this was a guy who only played seven minutes in Dayton in his first time on the court this season. And then he comes in and plays 24, 25 minutes the other night versus Merrimack and finished with seven points, but 11 rebounds. And those are huge numbers. And then he has the thunderous slams. You could see what they were trying to do with him in the post. He is going to be that guy that will bully into the post. But overall, it was great to see Jamil Reynolds get into action. But it was also great to see Victor Locken respond well after struggling versus Bryant and Dayton the last two games. He had just combined for 11 points over that two-game span heading into Merrimack. And he finished two for nine shooting versus Dayton. So it was great to see Victor Locken have a very efficient night. He went eight from 14 from the field, 18 points. And he did not attempt a three ball because the zone wasn't allowing it. But he was just really effective in the mid-game mid-range game and it was something that that zone allowed to get going and that was the kind of night you needed for Victor Lockin to have to build that confidence back up heading into the final game of non-conference play with Sesson and then Evan. yeah so all right so take a lot of what both you guys said you know I, I look at this as okay let me take away some positives from this game and I, and I think there were some real positives JT you obviously said that with um, defensively, I think what the Bearcats uh, did, holding them under. What what they score for the game? Uh, 49. 49. So, um, obviously, you, you hold somebody to 49 points at the Division One college level. That's really, really good. Um, we crushed them on the glass, um, forced them into 19 turnovers, I believe. Um, R18, not good, but that's what Merrimack does. I guess they, they cause – turnovers for a lot of teams, no matter who they play. A um, c- couple other things I did like. I know John Newman played 32 minutes. I believe that was a, I believe that was the second most. Uh, I think CMOS played the most, around 34, something like that. But uh, John led the team in steals. And, I, and I, one thing I liked about that game for John Newman was he impacted it defensively. Right. I think he shook some things up defensively. He only had two points and somebody looking at his stat line would go, "Ah, this guy had this guy's mid. But if you really dive into and you watched it, he he impacted the game in a lot of different ways. And that's that's one thing that I really, really liked. Um, But, you know, listen, and I've said this before, JT, and I'm going to say this over and over. We are going to need a guy like John Newman playing at a even higher level when we get to the BYUs and the and the Baylors and all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Man. I think uh, yeah, John played real good defensively, for sure. Also, um, not to, like, segue into like, I was patting CMOS on the back. I feel like he um, wrote an article, so any, anybody that's uh, check out the front office news, check that out. I just think he's a guy that can – take another leap and you kind of can see it. So in the last couple games, I think he probably has to like just throw caution to the wind a little bit. So I don't want to um, talk too much about that. I guess we'll talk about it maybe in the next other segment. Well, I'm glad you bring that up JT. Cause when we had him on our Valley show over this week with believe he actually said the focus for him heading into that Merrimack game was Wes Miller told him to be a little bit more aggressive. And that's what he was trying to do. He said he's been trying to be a little bit more aggressive as of late, which we have seen versus Dayton 
and now versus Merrimack. And when he gets going, he gets going. He's really turned things on in the last two games. Obviously, he's battled the injuries, the uncircumstance, but the situation involving the car wreck. But he is really starting to find his groove here. And it's coming at a great time because obviously with conference play starting in about a week and a half, this is great for the Bearcats because you're going to need CMOS Lukosius to step up and get you some buckets heading into conference play. So it's great to find him, see him finding his groove here and really rebounding after the struggle performance. He really struggled at Xavier. Obviously that was the first game back following the car and the car incident, but overall that's a great sight to see for Bearcats fans and Bearcats fans are just getting a glimpse of what CMOS Lukosius can do on the court. And, and, and listen, I, I, here's what I look at after this game in what Stetson's next and, and then Evansville before big 12 play starts. And I, I look at all these games as another opportunity to not only get better, but for the Bearcat coaching staff and the team to learn who is who and what yeah. each player can do. Um, and, and I always say this, man, you got to fall in love with the process. And that's what I'm going to do with this team. You know, and, like, there are going to be some serious ups and downs, I think, all season. But, folks, this team is 9-2. and two. The two losses come to two good teams. I think Xavier's a, you know, a, a good team. I think Dayton's probably a little bit better um, than Xavier in some ways. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. but uh, Dayton's better than Xavier. Yeah, I, Dayton's a lot better than Xavier. I think so. Um, but I, I, I just think – you know, you look at the other nine wins and they're really always in trying to figure out this team. It's not a matter of, okay, we need nine wins a certain way. It just doesn't happen in college basketball. You know, it's all about that learning process. And think about this, though. And I was talking to a Bearcat fan at the gym the other day, and he was kind of frustrated with this team. And I said, I said, Chris, listen, we're, we're dealing with a team right now that had two guys that have not been eligible. CMOS, who has been, I mean, you could say he's been hurt most of the season, either coming in preseason with a with an injury and then getting hit by the car. Now you've got Aziz and CJ out. Have we had two back-to-back games with a full, healthy roster? That's a question. Mm. Have we? No. We haven't. There's no way, right? Yeah. Yeah, no way. I don't think back-to-back. I don't think we have. So how can you really judge this team yet? It's still a, it's still a, you know, a work in progress. So I just see so many positives, and I, and I see things in certain areas heading in the right direction. Um, I will say this, and I'm going to keep saying this over and over. I do – the only concern I do have is this team finding their identity defensively in the big two is going to be crucial. Uh, if they don't, JT, that's going to be some rough nights on the road. Yeah, for sure. Not. I, mean, I watched that Duke-Baylor game, and I was like, yeah, it's going to be real. I mean, I know Duke is a- ACC, but Baylor, I mean, Duke handled them, but it was a grind-out game. You're, just going, you're going to see a lot of grinders, and it's going to be so it's going to be up and down. I watched Oklahoma. Some of, I forgot who they played yesterday, and they got they kind of got handled a little bit. North Carolina, yeah. um, I was watching, but it's like it's a lot of teams, so it's gonna be interesting. They they definitely have to 
establish the defensive side of the ball um, where, they, where they're going to be scrappy and decide where they're going to give up the shots. So, I mean, they're going. teams are going to score. It's just depending on what shots are you going to live with. So that's what they have to do, um, kind of um, – put the plan and shown these two, these last two games, honestly. So we'll see. Cause the, I mean, BYU is literally right around the corner. That's when it gets real, real deal. Holyfield, you know, real deal. Holyfield. You're right about that. And I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy this process of watching this team throughout the course of the season. Yeah. Now the Bearcats take on Stetson tonight at 7 PM at the beautiful Fifth third arena. Is it, is it Stetson? Wasn't that a cologne? What is yes. that? It's a cologne, right? Yes. That was a, that was a walking joke on uh on Tuesday. So yeah, yeah, it's a cologne. Think it, think it was a smell. I never smelled it, but I definitely heard of it before. Yeah, that's not one I think I want to. Sounds like it's probably like like some leather, some old leather. Yeah, real <laughs> uh like uh halfway pimp type. <laughs> <laughs> Like pocketbook pimp dude, yeah, it sounds bad. Like, so yeah, Stetson Stetson's a hat though, right? Like, also, I know it's a cowboy hat, right? Because they're the Hatters. I okay, is it? I'm pretty yeah. sure cowboy hats are called Stetsons, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think Larry Day. Because they're the Stetsons are the Hatters, right? Their mascots, the Hatters. Is that right? Is it? Yep, yep it's Stetson Hatters. Yeah, so that's a that's a Stetson cowboy hat. Okay. Um, but I was remembering, I, I remember the cologne, you know, kind of growing up, just, just hearing that, I think it was a commercial with like a cowboy in it or, or, <laughs> or something like that. But you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. We need Stetson as a sponsor, the cologne. Bro, they do need the sponsors. I'll, I won't wear the cologne. I'll show it. In, I'll show it in the pod, though. <laughs> hey, we can brand it, but that doesn't mean we'll wear it. I'm not gonna wear it, but I'll I'll bring it to the games and everything if they pay us right. <laughs> they pay us. I'm I'm spraying it on as I'm walking in the game. Jeez. Yeah, a little too. They they cut that check. I know they got some uh some funds they can uh use as a write off. Holler at us, Stetson. Holler at us. <laughs> Let's jump into the big old segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Now in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who should we look out for? From the Bearcats. All right, so I'm gonna go with um, go with Seema uh, Sokosius, and reason why I'm just gonna go with what I was talking about in the other segment. I feel like he's starting to assert himself a little bit more. I think I want to see him take another step. Where you know, I think last game he had 11. Um, want to go ahead and see him get to 15, 16, or if he has another 11. He has 11, shoots it very well like he did on Tuesday, and he has a couple more assists, so where he's trading for other people as well, where where if it's a couple lobs here and there or if it's a couple di- bounce for good dimes or whatever, but where he's just making, creating, because I feel like he's his game is very smooth, and like I've been – I was impressed from him. He just wasn't on early in the season or playing as good as people probably expected, but I feel like he didn't – he rarely took any bad shots, maybe a, out of the – First six games probably only took like two or three bad shots. So I saw he's a three level scorer. Um, I think he, I think just this game would be something that just another stepping stone because he just, you know, as they say, dropping pennies would be another penny drop for them. Yeah. And I think for him, because um, he's the guy I, 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 as I laugh on Tuesday, 
I just had an epiphany. I said he has to he has to be the wing go to guy. And I think for this team to be successful because he's big enough um, to defend. He's big enough to rebound. He's big enough to I mean, he could handle the ball well. He's not overly fast, but he plays at his own pace and people can't speed him up. And I feel like he has all the ingredients to be the guy that makes it a lot easier for the bigs. JT, I agree with so much you said. Um, We're going to jump into Neil, but. When we get to mine, it's almost going to be a repeat a little bit because I. That's I, cool, man. I, I picked CMOS. I literally, <laughs> I literally like after like now to cut you off. Like I literally at at that at that game on Tuesday, like uh, how it was it was ah eh, ah, eh, but I just like I had the epiphany, man. I'm just was like, this is going to be CMOS is the guy. Like, okay. and we have to. He got to go through his growing pains, right? Because he's probably not used to being the guy, at least on the wing. I think. um but I think, I mean, if this team is going to go where it can go, I feel like he has to embrace it and and keep keep rolling. And I just saw it, like, literally at the Dayton game, it was like, hmm. And then against Merrimack, um, it was like, it has, like, this guy has to just embrace where it's going, where it's heading. And I just could see it. I could see it. Yep, I agree with you on that. Um, Neil, be- before we jump into who we need to watch from Stetson, can, and before we jump into the name game, too, can you give us a quick update on Rayvon Griffith? Yeah, so obviously the news came out tonight at Wes Miller's radio show that Rayvon Griffith will be redshirting uh, this season. So he will not be playing. He's going to use a red shirt. He'll be preparing for next season. Obviously, the red shirt is a year for developing and all that good stuff. So Rayvon Griffith has announced, well, he has announced, Wes Miller has announced that Rayvon Griffith will redshirt this season for the Bearcats, which basically means it was something that was talked about earlier in the season that it could be a potential. Those close to it, watched how this uh, situation has kind of unfolded, has seen that it was trending this way. And obviously it's a great thing because Wes Miller even talked about it. You look at that position there, that wing position, Seamus Lukosius, who we just talked about, Dan Skillings, John Newman. You have a lot of people in front of him that are starting to play well. C.J. Frederick is also in there. So he's just kind of buried right now behind a veteran a veteran roster. And it's something that many fans did not want to see, but it's something that could be extremely beneficial for Rayvon and for the program because everybody knows how beneficial – these red shirt years can be. I mean, we've seen it in football. We've seen it in basketball. But everyone's worried. Hey, he's a hometown kid. Now that the red shirt, he wasn't playing. The red shirt has been announced. He's going to red shirt this year. But overall, it it's a huge site for development. It's a huge time to take the development. He's coming from Taft. He went out to AZ Compass. Now he's back here in Cincinnati. So it's just a lot of developing going on. That's what this red shirt year is for. So yeah, that news was announced about two hours ago at the West Miller Radio Show. So, yeah, Rayvon Griffith will be redshirting the 2023-2024 season. All right, Neil, thanks for that update. And who do we need to watch out for from Stetson? Yeah, so Stetson is a very unique team. Obviously, they enter the season 7-5. and five, But they are a team that averages 48% from the field shooting-wise. So they're a very effective team. They shoot the ball very well from behind the arc, sitting at 38%. And they average 10 made threes a game. So they are a team that can get hot from behind the arc. 
but we have seen the Bearcats being able to defend the three ball as well. This should be a close, an easy win for Bearcats fans. Obviously, the ESPN predictor has it at 93% when I checked earlier today heading into tomorrow's game. But for Stetson, their their offense runs a lot through Jalen Blackman, point guard, who is shooting 47% from the field as well as 47% from behind the three-point line. So he's averaging 22 points a game. He can obviously score the ball on all three levels. He is going to be that guy who makes the offense go for them. So they're going to look to try to get him going early and really take advantage of him there at that point guard position. And alongside Steven Swenson as well, he's a known playmaker. He is actually 10th in the country in assists right now. He's averaging nearly seven assists per game. I think the math was 6.8 assists per game heading into this one. So he's a playmaker. Everybody knows that he's able to score, but what he does so well is creating for others and really distributing the ball. But on the big side for Stetson, Aubin Gatterese is averaging 11 points, seven rebounds per game on nearly 70% field goal shooting. He's their big man inside. They're going to look for him to get going. He is a very efficient post player in the front court. So overall, those three guys, they have to find ways to kind of mark them, know where they're at at all times. And they have to find a way to eliminate Aubin Gat Aretze off the glass because they know without if Aziz can't go tomorrow, obviously you still have Jamil Reynolds, Victor Locke, and Odia Guama down there in the front court. But this is not a team like Merrimack where they're going to be overshadowing these guys in the height category, where they're winning the glass by 25, 20, 25 rebounds. This is a sets and team that actually has some great height to them. They are averaging nearly 75 points a game. So they're able to score the ball. Everyone knows that, but for key impacts of tomorrow, they just have to find a way to win the battle of glass and really eliminate Aubin Gatteratse. If they can do that, they can keep him off the glass. They should be in great hands as well. All right, Neil was some thunder was already stolen. Um, but guess what, J- JT? What up? I got, I got, I got a little, little ghetto twist to this. Okay, go so we got, we got the name game, but I got a theme song for you, Neil. You ready? Let's go. The name game with Neil Meyer. Was that? <laughs> was that good? Theme song? That was great. That was great. Was that good? JT, was that okay? That was solid. That was solid. That was my bootleg uh, introduction. Okay. Um, Off the Stetson roster for the name game here with Neil Meyer, number three. Number three is Giancarlo Valdez. Wow, that was pretty easy for you. And then kind of the thunder was already stolen with this one, but I want to hear you say it again. Number 21. Aubin Gatteretse. Say that last name. Gatteretse. <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite parts of the, the podcast. <laughs> so hey, we're going to sponsor the name game. We're going to have to do that. Now, now that you now that you have a, 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 a song. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Stetson Clown. <laughs> That's a clown come through. You know what? 
every episode, I'm gonna play that song and we're gonna say sponsored by Stetson Cologne, whether it is or not. We're just gonna oh, <laughs> <laughs> at this point. It's gonna be sponsored by Stetson Cologne. They gotta come through. <laughs> well, the big old segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Okay, so JT, um, I'm gonna piggyback what you said. I'm rolling with uh, CMOS for this game. Um, a lot of stuff you said was on point with what I was going to say. And, and listen, I know I've been big on CMOS all season, <clears throat> and we're starting to see him start to turn that corner. I think little moments of swag yep. have kicked in. Like that Dayton game, there was like a there was a stretch where he looked like he was ready to fire that ball up, right? Yeah. He had that swag going. So I, I, I'm thinking – this could be the game where we see the full swag on, on full the entire game, especially if Aziz and CJ don't play. Yeah. Those two guys don't play. He's got to step up. True. So I'm with you, JT. I won't, uh, I won't harp too much. You said uh, pretty much what needed to be said on, uh, on that front, but I'm rolling with uh, CMOS to have a uh, a really big game for the Bearcats. The Big O segment was sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control, outgrown QuickBooks, or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help you solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or online at smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, this is the Kenyon segment, and it's sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. Now, JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man, so I'm just going to go by what I don't know if Stetson plays his own, <laughs> but I just want to see the Bearcats get back to their normal before the Tuesday night's game. They were averaging 9.6 turnovers for the season. So I want to see them under 12 um, against Stetson. That's the, the main thing. I also want to see them if they have see them shoot over 35 percent from three at home, which I think they did against uh, Merrimack. And then I think just I want to see them just build on the on their defensive uh, assignments like they did against Merrimack as well. So the get the turnovers down so that that'll be more shots at goal, and then keep up on the defense and we'll see if we can keep Stetson under sixty. That's like I don't know what they're scoring coming in. I feel like this team is a lot better than Merrimack, maybe on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, I want to see them keep them under sixty and then. Um, We'll see, see what's what on that. Yeah, you know, and JT, I, I wish, I, and I don't know if Aziz and CJ are going to play tonight, but I I, I kind of wish they they would play because it'd be great to have back-to-back games before we get in the Big 12 play with the entire roster yeah. um, healthy. But, you know, if, if they don't play, we're not going to get that before um, Big 12, which I think the thing is, like, and, and there's, a, there's like, there's a gift to that. There's also a gift that it's more minutes for Jamil, more yeah. time for him, you know, to get active. And we see what he's capable of doing, um, yeah. and what he can bring to this team. But I'm, I'm still. My only thing is, I think it's going to take a little bit longer for this team, just because we've not seen a healthy roster for 
a, a, a big enough sample size. Yeah, same. That's that's my concern. So, um, Neil, and you mentioned this a little bit before in the um, last segment, but what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? Yeah, I think they just have to win the battle of the glass. Obviously, they're probably going to see a lot more teams starting to throw a zone out. I mean, you saw what has been able to be done versus the Bearcats when a zone defense has been shown. You saw it versus Xavier. Xavier, you saw it versus Dayton. You saw it versus Merrimack the other day. I do not see any chance. Well, I do see a chance that Stetson throws the zone out tomorrow. But for them to win big, they just have to find ways to, if the zone does come out, they just have to find ways to attack it and be smart with the ball. Obviously, you don't want to expect 20 turnovers like they did the other, like they had the other night. If you can keep the turnovers under, let's say, 14, I think you're in great hands. But for them, you have to keep your turnovers under 14, and you just have to win the battle of the glass. You have to be physical, and you just have to play smart. Now, that's not shooting five for 30 from behind the arc like we have seen in some recent games. Just be smart, play their game, but it really starts right there. If they can find ways to win that battle of the glass and just limit their turnovers and play smart and efficient, because Setson is not a team where they're going to get out and they're going to want to run. We saw it the other night versus Merrimack when the Bearcats were able to get out and run. They were able just to score in a flurry. I mean, there was four straight possessions with an alley-oop. So if they're able to get out and running versus Stetson team, they should be in great hands. But they have to limit those things first, and they have to control their own errors kind of thing. Limit your turnovers and really stay physical and just win the battle of the glass. Use that height to your advantage, even though it's not a staggering height difference like it was versus Merrimack. And if they can just do that, play their game, play physical, and limit the turnovers, I think they'll be in great hands here tomorrow night. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Hey, but before I jump into my keys to the game, JT, you've got on a front office news hoodie. Yep, yep. How do people get a front office news hoodie? Uh, man, go to uh, 513 Shirts and then just type in TFON, and you can get you a hoodie, get you a hat, T-shirt. They got two two hoodie options, uh, black with the white lettering and then red with the black lettering. So support, feel free. Uh, let us know you bought a TFON hoodie. Grab one before uh, before Christmas. That's a nice little Bearcat, uh, Bearcat gift. There you go. Yeah. So, okay, uh, let me jump in a couple of my keys. Oh, and before I get into the, the detailed keys to the game, um, head coach for um, – Stetson is uh, Donnie Jones. Donnie used to be the former uh, longtime assistant coach for the Florida Gators with uh, Billy Donovan. Hmm. And I used to see him all the time when I was in Gainesville. Don't don't know him very well. We, he probably wouldn't know me if I walked by him twice. But yeah. I would always see him down in um, Gainesville where my, my family lives. But he's definitely a good guy and a, and a, and a good coach. Um, also, by the way, one of the assistant coaches for Stetson is Joey Gruden who went to Sycamore High School, played basketball at Sycamore High School, was a walk-on at the University of Dayton, and he is the son of former NFL coach Jay Gruden. So just a little tying in some uh, Cincinnati ties there. Now Stetson's 7-5, uh, and five, and, and I'm hoping the Bearcats don't sleep on this team because, like, you know, I went, I went on their website and I kind of looked through the roster and I looked through the – 
the uh, schedule and all that. And my, my worry is, you know, this, this generation of players information is a lot different than when I played. So let, let me, let me tell you a story. I kind of give you an example. Um, when I played our, our only real knowledge of another team, like a Stetson was basically the scouting report that hugs or coach Baker or coach Peter, whoever would give to us. Cause you wouldn't see Stetson or Merrimack on TV, right? Yeah. We didn't have the internet back then. We didn't have all that stuff. We didn't have ESPN plus. So all we knew is what Coach Hugs, Coach Bake, or wh- whoever had the scouting report, whatever they told us is, is what we would we would know. And here's the funny thing about these scouting reports. So before every game, so like let's say let's say we're playing Stetson. This is 1997 when I'm playing. We would go stay at a hotel um, before home games. <clears throat> we used to stay at a place called the it was the old Vernon Manor. JT, have you ever heard of the Vernon Manor? The <laughs> Vernon Manor felt like an apartment complex. <clears throat> it, it was an old, like, it, it, man, I don't even know how to. Anybody <laughs> that's listening to this podcast that's, like, above the age of 50 um, is going to be like, oh, man. It was like a, it was a hotel, but it was like, ha- I feel like it was haunted. And um, <laughs> seriously, like, we stayed there for free. And Hugs used to have a stay there just to kind of keep us out of trouble, man. But and I hate to put him on blast; he's my boy. I love him. But Steve Logan used to always sneak out at a Vernon Manor for <laughs> games. And you know what? And nobody cared because he was dropping thirty the next night, so it didn't matter. <laughs> keep sneaking out, bro. Keep dropping thirty. But Steve would sneak out. Um, I swear the Vernon Manor was haunted, but. Um, <laughs> the rooms used to have um i think they that they tore it down i don't know what it is now but i think the i think the majority of it was tore down it part of it might be offices now but they used to have these and neil you're way too young for this they used to have this uh shag rugs the the rugs would be shagged you know what that is jt i feel like i know you're talking about like i feel like mass movies got got shag rugs yeah they're like the they're like the taller rugs yeah real thick the real thick, and they had these thick red shag rugs. Like you'd literally trip on them as you walk in the room. Like, oh, <laughs> you kind of stumble, and you'd be like, "Man, if they don't trim up these." It's like <clears throat> the carpet was like a fro, and they needed to like trim the fro up. It was it was crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. That's the ones, the ones that like you could. I know you're talking about. They like crazy, super fluffy. <laughs> yeah, but when you were a kid, they were super cool, right? Because it's like, oh yeah. You get lost in the carpet, but but as an adult, you trip on it and you're just sitting there blaming the carpet like you stupid. Yeah. So, so we would go to the Vernon Manor, <laughs> and the, here's the funny thing um, about teams like Stetson. When we would play teams like that, hugs would make it out to seem like the players we were playing were way better than what they were, and we had we really didn't know. So he would hype up some guy, like we were playing Stetson, he'd hype up some guy and say, this guy's 6'7", 225, Kenyon and Jermaine and Fletch and Bobby, he's going to eat your shit alive, blah, blah, blah. And hugs him. And we'd be like, man, like this guy. Then we get to the game and dude's like 6'4", 195. And, and everyone would go, wait a minute, Hugs said he was like 6'7", and he's like 6'4". <laughs> man, 
he would do that all the time. And we would fall for it every single time. Unless, you know, it was like a Marquette, you know, or uh, Charlotte, UNC Charlotte. We yeah, yeah. those teams and those guys. But when we play teams like this, you would just you, – you'd never know. But Hugs, Hugs used to have us terrified going into those games that we would get beat. Um, but But now players in 2023 – they have access just like we do to go online and look at Stetson. Yeah. Then get online and go, man, these guys aren't that good. We can <laughs> smack these guys, right? Yeah, for real. Got way more access. Way more access. They can do, you know, if and not to say the Bearcat players are like this, but you know, you could have a guy on the Bearcats team like, all right, how am I gonna drop 20 tonight? Let me look at these guys at this other team and you know, kind of do an in-depth search on their own. Yeah. Trying to figure out how they're going to get off in the game, and um, we just couldn't do that, man. It's just a it's just a different time. But back to my point, and I'm going to end on this, and that is, uh, my hope is the Bearcats don't sleep on this team. They need to really put them away, build confidence moving forward on their pursuit to get ready for BYU in Big Twelve play. The Kenyon segment. The Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. Now, fellows, we're in the holiday spirits. And we're giving out gifts tonight. We're giving out gifts to the Bearcats heading into the New Year's. JT, we're going to start off with you. What gifts do you have for the Bearcats? All right. So I'm gifting. It's a gift, guys. So hopefully it works out. I'm gifting the Bearcats between 8 to 11 wins in the Big 12. Ooh. Right? Because if you get between 8 and 11 wins, you're going dancing. So I'm gifting that. And I'm speaking into existence. And Wes Miller and the crew, they gotta they gotta make it happen. But uh if if that if my gift comes to fruition, everybody be happy in March. We'll get extracurricular basketball, no NIT, because you win. I feel like last year they had people that were like a seven and eleven that made the tournament from the Big 12 because it's so good. If you get the right wins, yeah, you might can pull off seven and eleven or seven, yeah, seven and eleven, or what is this this year? It might be eight and twelve. You might be able to do eight and twelve, then they got twenty games. In conference this year, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's eight or eighteen. I mean, twenty or eighteen. But neither here nor there. You get the right wins in the Big Twelve. You can go dancing, even if you're not five hundred. But I would recommend five hundred or better. But at the end of the day, I'm rec- I'm I'm getting them a very good Big Twelve season, and Bearcats get to go dancing. Mm, I like that. I yeah. like that. get your dancing shoes ready. Yeah, man, dancing. I like that. Neil? Yeah. So JT kind of stole my thunder there a little bit, but I'm going to go with a similar route, but I'm going to go seven to 10 wins in Big 12 play. And my reason for that being a gift for the Bearcats is use last season as a prime example from West Virginia in terms of making the the big dance. West Virginia started out 0-8 in Big 12 conference play last season and was still able to find a way and get into the big dance. So if the Bearcats can rally 
whether it's seven to 10 wins or the 18, they're in big 12 play. Obviously they have a gauntlet of a schedule to start five of the six to kick off big 12 conference play come versus top 25 opponents. So they know it's going to be a challenge. They know what's ahead of them, but if they can go and get seven to 10 wins in the big 12 play, and it's kind of similar to what JT said, they will solidify a spot in the big dance at this rate. If they finish non-conference play, I believe 11 and two, right? Yep. 11 and two. They finish non-conference play at 11 and two. They get seven to 10 wins. So they can get at least seven to 10. They will be in the big dance. As long as everybody stays healthy, they put these pieces together. They really have the roster as JT and all of us have talked about all season. They went out and they took a chance on two two two-time transfers that not many schools wanted to really mess with because of the, the waiver situation. But now they're back at full strength for the first time ever. Yes, Jamil Reynolds had a lot of opportunities, so did Aziz Bandego, but it was a gamble for many schools because of the waiver situation and being two-time transfers. But now that they're back at full strength, obviously Aziz and CJ are a little banged up, but if they can head into conference play fully healthy, they will be able to shock some teams this season. And I will say that I expect them to make a deep run in the Big 12 conference tournament. That would be my gift as long as finish with the 7-10, to 10, but I project this team is capable of making a run in the Big 12 Conference Tournament to solidify their spot to the big dance for the first time since 2018. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. All right, I got a couple gifts here that I'm giving out. I'm going to kind of go a different route than what you guys are gifting out. So I'm going to gift Wes Miller right now um, a couple things. First of all, Wes told me before the, before the season started, he said, I'm going to go the whole entire season and wear a different pair of Jordans every game. And I said, Wes, I love that, man. I am totally with that. And then Wes proceeds to go, Meech, what size shoe do you wear? <laughs> and I said, 11. He's like, good, me too. So <laughs> Wes, <laughs> Wes and I wear the same size shoe. So Wes has done a good job wearing a different pair of Jordans um, every game. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you see Wes during Big 12 play in some wild, crazy Jordans, just know. Just know where they came from, okay? Yeah, I feel you. Hey, and the, 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 uh, the staff and stuff, if they uh, if they got any extra 12s laying around, size 12s, <laughs> holla at me. Holla at me. The, the staff's been doing a good job of, what I like about what they're doing, it's almost the Jackson 5 type of deal where it's like Wes is Michael Jackson. He's got his own thing going. But then yeah. the whole the, the, the assistant staff all match. And yeah, they did at Dayton too. Did you see – or not Dayton, at the Crosstown when they all came out in the Cherry Reds. Oh, they've all been wearing the same shoes every game. Mm-hmm. Every game they wear the same – they wear the same shoes. So, so it's like the Jackson 5. I, I don't know who's Tito and Jermaine <laughs> and all that, but – um, Wes is definitely Michael Jackson. He's been he's been wearing some heat, but I got a couple for him. I, I sent him and his assistant that handles it a couple pair that I got for him, and they were like, "Whoa, like what?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but we gotta wait for some big games for these." So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys a couple pictures of uh, of what I uh, what I got in store. But um, 
So um, the other thing too, um, I want to gift in, and and this is, listen, we know he's capable of this, but at the end of this Big Twelve season, I want to see Big Vic up for potential uh, Player of the Year in the conference. Um, I th I think it would be, I think he's capable of it, and mm -hmm. I think the problem that we haven't seen is the consistency of him doing it night in and night out. And I think that's just going to come with the, with the real big game in a big game from yep. him. So I want, I want to give big, big Vic a, uh, you know, a, a player of the year in the conference, um, which I think, I think he's capable of doing. It's just him being consistent. J JT, what are your, what, let me get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Vic is definitely a guy that could do that. You just got to be more assertive, like just trust yourself. Cause I mean, he's super skillful. Like sometimes I think with the new people, I think he's making them hesitate a little bit, but I feel like he has to just, when he gets it in his spots, he got to just make his moves, man. Cause I think he's, he's so skilled. Um, he might even not doubt himself, but like be too unselfish at times. And I feel like he has to just be like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get these buckets and y'all go on and I'm gonna grab these boards hit a couple threes occasionally, but like, he's just like a slick player and he just gotta, gotta do his thing. Sometimes I think he overthinks. So like he's, but he's definitely good enough to do it for sure. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I'm, I'm, that's, that's, that's my, me gifting him that. Um, and then like what, what you guys said um, also to, to, to Wes, I, I think Wes deserves um, an NCAA appearance. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm gifting him and this team a NCAA appearance. And listen, here's the thing about going to the NCAA tournament. Man, you just never know. You never know. Like, you, you can say anything you want about schedule, how the team's doing at the end of the year. It's, sometimes it's just it's so random. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just sometimes I, I just think it comes down to confidence. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's look at um, – okay, let's look at UCLA, the year they, they make the Final Four run. I've talked about the job Mick Cronin did with that team that year. Think about this. UCLA loses four, four in a row. Um, I think they lost like four in a row um, prior to making the playing game. Then they make the playing game and beat Michigan State in OT. Like they could have been out, yeah. That game. So you go from four in a row losses, overtime to beat Michigan State, yeah. go on a Final Four run, and then you lose to a Zags team in overtime, which they could have easily won that game. And who knows what happens from there? Yeah, you know, that's that's confidence, right? You develop some some swag and some confidence. Um, all right, here you go. Last year, um, Florida Atlantic. Yeah. All right. How about them? They win, they win their last seven games, something like that. And then now, the the last seven games they win, I don't even know. I don't know if the teams they played were that good. They're not in like the greatest conference in the world in the world, but I, I think they developed a a high level of confidence. So you win seven in a row going into the tournament. Now you got this high level of confidence. And they eventually lose to, I think, San Diego State, right? Yeah, San Diego State. Yeah. So, 
<clears throat> listen, it's it's all about to me finding that confidence. And there's really so UCLA was different than Florida Atlantic. It's just the situations are always different. But that's the beauty, I think, of the NCAA tournament. And it's great that you mentioned that, Meech, because Coach Miller actually mentioned that the other night when talking about Merrimack. Merrimack won the league last year, won the conference tournament, but could not go to the NCAA tournament because of they weren't in D1 long enough. So Fairleigh Dickinson, the team they beat for the conference championship, gets in, and what do they do as a 16 seed? They go in and beat Purdue in the first game. You never know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it, it's back to finding that confidence, um, being healthy. Being healthy is another another big part of it. You know, it's just like the NFL. You know, they talk a lot about in the NFL availability, <laughs> like who's available. True. Right? Because that's such a brutal sport. It's like, yeah, this team might be better, but shit, who's available from that yeah. from that better team? So how your 49ers doing, JT, by the way? They're, they're oh, legit. number one in the NFC. They're 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 tough. Legit. You got them winning it all? They stay healthy, healthy enough. We're talking about that right now. Hell, yeah, literally, they stay healthy enough. I feel like if Trent Williams stays healthy, Purdy, of course, and then let's see. I don't know. It's a lot of people. So, but I feel like Trent Williams is the key because I feel like without him, it gets a little little hairy on the offensive line and Purdy because saw what it was. I don't know. Darnold, Darnold ain't – I mean, Darnold can get us through a game, depending on who we playing, but not in the playoffs. I don't want Darnold out there. Um, so, Purdy and, and Williams are my two biggest keys. I feel like they got enough offense weapons of somebody. Not going to hopefully it doesn't happen, but they got enough pieces on both sides of the ball. And then Ward, I don't want Trever- um, Mooney Ward to get hurt either. All right. So. You, don't, you don't miss our uh, – what's our boy's name? Jimmy G. Jimmy G. No. He's not yeah. even starting for the Raiders, so I told y'all he was a uh, fabrication. Hey, no, don't start that Jimmy G hate right now, JT. We don't I need I told that. you what it was, man. We ain't never looked this good. You no. know you got that Jimmy G HQ shirt still on the way. We got to get that to you. Emma was caught up in China. It's in the, <laughs> it's in the mail. They didn't stole, stole y'all money if y'all bought it. It is, <laughs> it is in the mail. Climate <laughs> segment sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartment pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact online at visionarycleaners.com. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And it is official. We will be live from Meals on January 31st from 545 to 645 before the West Virginia away game doing the podcast live. You guys ready? Yes, yes sir. <laughs> Y'all, that was insane. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That'll be your first pod there live, man. I, I'm excited <laughs> for you guys. It's going to be fun, man. For sure. Seeing Rich 
I see Rich every game, so that's pretty cool. It's legit. For sure. Yeah, super excited. So if you guys aren't making the trip to Morgantown, come hang out with us at uh, Mio's right there in Clifton and come watch the game with all of us. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. It's gonna it's gonna be a packed house. Hey, by the way, did you guys get the text I sent you on the two shoes I, I want to give Wes? What do you guys think? Hey, there's some heat. Are those wild? Those are yeah, wild. Definitely wild. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I told you. I send them, I sent those to the guy. They were like, oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I said this, this will yeah, this will get some recruits' attention, right? It definitely will. Yeah, which one you like? Uh, well, actually, I don't want to give it away. So we'll, yeah, we'll talk yeah, about it. I was going to say, gonna say the number, and I was like, let me shut up. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk offline. For the people that actually know about shoes and stuff, some people don't. People will be yeah. let me stop. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> let offline. me stop. We'll talk about that after the fact. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna talk offline. So yeah. you're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services for free. Friendly, expert tax advice whenever you need it. Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online, DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats! Bearcats!